Well, good morning, my friends. This is podcast number 275 uh, for Thursday, April 29th. We left off, remember, Moses was being drawn out of the water. Now, Moses is drawn out of the water. He's raised in uh, Pharaoh's house by Pharaoh's daughter. Um, he's trained in all uh, of the customs and the languages and all of the uh, the training that he could get in Egypt. Uh, but look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 12, uh, verse 11. There's a day when everything changes for Moses, and truly everything changes from that day forward for the people of Israel. One day when Moses had grown up, he went out to the people and looked on their burdens, and he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his people. He he looked this way and that, and seeing no one, see, he was trying to be deceptive. He struck down the Egyptian and hit him in the sand. When he went out the next day, behold, two Hebrews were struggling together. He said to the man in the wrong, why do you strike your companion? He answered, who made you prince and judge over us? Do you mean to kill us as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, surely the thing is known. When Pharaoh heard of it, he sought to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and stayed in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. Moses uh, uh, tries to take things into his own hands, and and um, he ends up killing a man. He buries him in the sand. He thinks no one notices, but um, everything is noticed. And again, this is a part of the plan and the purpose of God. Now Moses flees to the backside of the desert for 40 years. And what's going on in Egypt during this time? Look at uh, chapter 2, verse 23. During those Many days the king of Egypt died and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God and God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. We just covered all three of those briefly in our flyover. And God saw the people of Israel and God knew. And it was time for God to raise up a, a, a deliverer. And so on the backside of the desert, we know this in chapter three, and I'm not going to cover all of it. We see the burning bush. We see Moses is on the backside of the desert. He's minding his own business. He figures, figures he's going to be a shepherd the rest of his life. And, and uh, he is done with all of Egypt. And God sees differently. And God um, shows him this amazing sight, this burning bush, this burning bush that is burning but not consumed. And then the bush speaks and Moses responds. And um, verse 7 of chapter 3, Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt, heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings, and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land uh, to a good and broad land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hevites, and the Jebusites. And behold, and now behold, the cry of the people has come out, and I have seen the oppression with them, the Egyptians oppress them, with which the Egyptians oppress them. Now look at verse 10. Come, I will send you to Pharaoh so that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. So the Pharaoh has long died, and this is a brand new Pharaoh. Um, and he come and he, and God says it's time to send you back to Israel or to, to, to Egypt. Think about it. He's on the backside of the desert for 40 years. He's just a shepherd. He's minding his own business. He thinks he's all done with the pharaohs and the Egyptians. And God says, I'm going to send you to them. Then Moses asked this amazing question. Who are they, they, to whom I that they would listen to me? Who shall I say sent me? Verse 14. And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me 
to you. So this starts this process of the powerful training, really, a retraining of Moses. Verse or chapter four, Moses is given powerful signs. He returns to Egypt. How do things go for for the Israelites? They get worse. And Pharaoh turns up the heat on them. And God promises to send a deliverer. Um, they remember they cried out and they're looking for a deliverer. God sends Moses. Now look what happens in verse nine of chapter six when Moses goes to the Israelites. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel. He spoke what God told him to speak and look at the response. But they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and their harsh slavery. Let me make a correlation, if I can, to today. When we speak of the things of God to to people, I, I really believe they want to believe, but because uh, of their broken spirits and because they're in slavery to sin, they refuse to listen. It takes work. It takes the work of the Holy Spirit. We think sometimes, I remember as a young pastor, I wanted to, to preach for 30 minutes and I wanted everybody saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit and called to the ministry, completely changed lives in 30 minutes. That's not how it works. The message comes from God through God's servant, and then the Holy Spirit has to soften the heart of the individual to believe. Therefore, you and I should understand that it's not us who saves anyone. It's God who sends us to be his mouthpieces, but he's the one that's responsible. And Moses is about to find this out because he says, who who am I, right? Who am I to go uh to, to to the people of God. And then when he goes to, to Pharaoh's people, look at this, look how ridiculous this is. In, in, Mo, in uh, excuse me, Exodus chapter seven and, uh, and, and uh, verse four, look at how ridiculous this is. Look at the plan of God. Look at who he sends to Pharaoh, the mighty Pharaoh, the mighty Egyptian people. Pharaoh will not listen to you. Then I will lay my hand on Egypt and bring my host, my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by great acts of judgment. The Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord when I stretch out my hand against Egypt and bring out the people of Israel from among them. Moses and Aaron did so. They did just as the Lord commanded them. Now look at how ridiculous this picture is. To the mighty Pharaoh, the mighty leader of the Egyptian people. Now Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 years old when they spoke to Pharaoh. God doesn't send some young, strong, handsome men. He sends an 80 and an 83-year-old. And Moses, in his own words, was a stutterer. So God allowed Aaron to go with him as the mouthpiece. And God tells them ahead of time, Pharaoh will not listen to you, but I'm going to bring my people out of Egyptian bondage by mighty power. I'm going to do it. Moses, you're just a mouthpiece. Aaron, and you will go to Pharaoh and I will deliver my people. Now, why are why are we spending so much time talking about this? Because the the Passover and the Exodus were talked about all the way up until the time of Jesus the Jesus and his disciples um, um, had the Passover meal. Thousands of years later, this is still talked about, and it's still talked about as one of the greatest moments in the history of Israel and the Jews. Now we look at the plagues that begin to start, and all of the plagues represent one of the gods of the Egyptians, the water turned to blood, uh, chapter 8, the frogs. 
then the gnats, then the flies, uh, then the livestock begin to die, then the hail, then the locusts. We're in chapter 10 now, then darkness, and then all of a sudden we reach the final plague. Chapter 11, verse 1, the Lord says to Moses, yet one plague more I will bring upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterward, he will let you go from there. When he lets you go, he will drive you away completely. And then in chapter 12, we have this beautiful story, the Passover. All of this that I've done over this last week is to bring us to this point of the Passover, which was the, the great event on the Jewish calendar. They remember to this day when God brings his people out of Egyptian bondage. He brings them out and he sets them free. Now, they don't remain free. They continue to get into uh, problems because of their own sin and their own disbelief. But the Passover is what I wanted to get to here in Exodus chapter 12. And let's look at verse 5. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male a year old, and you may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lentils of the house in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs that they shall eat it. Do not eat any of the raw or boiled in water, but roasted its head with its legs and its inner parts, and you shall... Um, let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. In this manner, you shall eat it and your belt with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover, for I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on your houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will underline it, pass over you, and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be for a, a memorial day for you, shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations as a statue forever, and you shall keep it as a feast. God says, I'm going to do this final plague. I'm going to spare your firstborn. And because of that, your firstborn belong to me. But I'm going to, I'm going to have you sacrifice a perfect spotless lamb. You see what this points to? You shall sacrifice the lamb and as you'll put the blood upon the doorpost. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. So Moses does exactly what the Lord tells him to do. And he talks to, to, um, uh, to the people and he, uh, he, he institutes the Passover. Now, go to, um, go to Exodus chapter... 12 and verse 33. Uh, I want to make an important uh, tie in here. The 10th plague has happened. The Egyptians can't wait to get rid of the Israelites. Look at verse 33 of chapter 12. The Israel or the Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste for they said we shall all be dead if they stay. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them for they had asked the Egyptians, look at this for uh for silver, for gold jewelry, for clothing. And the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let um, them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. 
Why is this important? Why am I telling you they couldn't wait to get rid of them? And they were going to come out of 430 years of bondage. And they were going to come out loaded down with stuff from the uh, Egyptians. Look at Genesis 15. I mentioned this a long time ago in this study. Genesis chapter 15. Before there was a single um, a seed of Abraham. God says to Abraham in Genesis 15, I hope you remember this, verse 13. Then the Lord said to Abram, know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs and they will be servants there and they will be afflicted for 400 years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve. And after their word, they shall come out with great possessions. During the time of Abram, before there was a single child born before there was Isaac, before there was people, before they had even gone into Egypt. God said, you're going to go into Egypt. You're going to spend over 400 years there and you're going to come out loaded down with goods. And he says um, in back in Exodus chapter 12, the Egyptians couldn't wait to get rid of them. Verse 36, and the Lord had given the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians so that they let them have what they asked. Thus they plundered the Egyptians. They went out from Egypt with gold and silver and jewelry. Now look at verse 40. By the time the, the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years. At the end of the 430 years, on that day, all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. And it was the night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt so that this same night is a night of watching kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout all the generations. And this is exactly what God did. Why do we talk about the Passover? Because it's the most important event on the calendar for the Israelites, because they were brought out of Egyptian bondage because of the uh, because of what God told them to do, to take a firstborn lamb, one without spot, one without any mark, a perfect lamb, sacrifice it and apply the blood to the lentils of your doorposts and I will pass over you. All of that work over this last week to get us back to this Passover time and why is it so important The Passover and the Exodus mark God's great salvation of his people. He requires them to remember to cross generations and Jesus and his disciples did in the first century in Matthew chapter 26. You can look this up, verses 17 through 29. When Jesus was instituting the Lord's Supper on the night that he would, um, he would uh, celebrate the Passover with them, he tells them to remember, remember this night. And when all, as often as you eat this bread and drink this blood, remember me. He institutes the first Lord's Supper. Now, last scripture I want to share with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 5. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. We haven't been jumping around too much, but I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 7. Paul speaking to the Corinthian church says, Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are really um, as you really are unleavened. Remember the Passover time was a, pa a time of unleavened bread. And then why did he say to do this? Verse seven, for Christ, our Passover lamb has been crucified. He looks back to the time of the Exodus. He looks back to the time of the Passover being instituted. And he says this, 
Why should we do this? Because Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. The Passover is incredibly important to the Jews. And now it's incredibly important to us because now we know that even in our brokenness and even in our slavery from sin, there is freedom to be had. And how is it? It's in the Passover lamb, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you till we talk again.